Welcome to the AdCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm trembling in the anger. <laughs> I'm not saying it. <laughs> I, listen, I, I trembled in the anger and you won't even be the Kira Kira idol. I see how it is. I didn't tell you to tremble in the anger. I see anger. how it is. <laughs> But I am, and now, and now that you're not the Kira Kira idol, I am trembling in the anger. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm the idol for today, <laughs> so you Listen, can stop trembling. <laughs> next time, you get to write the intro, and you figure out what you want to be. Be okay. what you want to be, Barbie girl. I'll be what I want to be. Barbie girl. <laughs> 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 this this week at stands for absolute territory because we'll be wrapping up the spring 2018 season. But before we get into that, what have you been up to, Renu? I have recently gotten some free time now that June is over and my work has settled down. And nice. I uh I guess the only other... Oh, you know what? Yesterday, I finished watching all of Critical Role Campaign 1. I finally finished. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I started back in, like, March or April, and I binged until now. <laughs> Randy, that's so much. What? It was a lot. It was so much. It got to the point, like, when I was in the hundreds, I was like, I'm finally getting tired. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> Uh, but you know what? It was worth it, and I'm glad that I watched it. <laughs> that is, that is somewhat more impressive than the fact that I've watched six and a half seasons of Parts Unknown since the end of the school year. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so as, aside from you know living in Dungeons and Dragons world, yeah, from which I have made a brief hiatus. I mean. At least you are learning about the real world-ish by watching Parts Unknown. <laughs> That's It's true. It's true. I saw the real world instead of the Dungeons and Dragonverse. So what else have you been up to? Uh, I mean, honestly, not that much. Uh, you you got me started in Grand Blue. Yes. And I did. You did. <laughs> you started playing Grand Blue Fantasy and thereby made the greatest mistake of your life. I, I kind of did. I, I went real hard on it the first day because I had to get through the whole Persona event. Before and it was the last day for the event. Yeah, it was the last it was day the of the event, day. so I had to finish everything. <laughs> yeah, It was unfortunate that the Legend Festival started very, very soon after you started. <laughs> like but the that's day just after. how it'd be. Yeah, that's just how it'd be sometimes. It's fine. I don't mind. I got a cute, small girl, and I got Joka. And I'm um, I'm happy, and now I have um Wind Boy Gawain. Yeah, yeah. You're slowly did. building a thing. Have you found an element that you can even start building yet, or do you just still have a jumble of characters? I just have a jumble. Okay, that's fair. 
But um, let's see, right now I'm playing Sentinel. Uh, because the guide that you gave me was just like, the first class, that's probably the best one you should get in the beginning is uh, the Dark Fencer or something. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been leveling towards that. But um, otherwise, I mean, it's fun. Like, uh, the art is really reminiscent of like, kind of like a blend between Final Fantasy Tactics and Tactics Ogre. So mm -hmm. I at least dig the aesthetic. And then the uh, the fact that it, it it's a, it's more story heavy than like Fire Emblem Heroes or Puzzle and Dragons or whatever is nice. Um, though I end up skipping through a lot of the story like during the small quests or whatever. Oh yeah, that that doesn't matter <laughs> at all, really. In yeah. fact, the the free quests, the vast majority of them, you don't have to pay attention to the story. There are a couple that are actually quite good, mm -hmm. despite the fact that they're really short. So they're like little vignettes, but they could easily be turned into like a chapter of a manga or an episode of an anime, right? If you extrapolated it out, right. Some of the quests, especially on the island of uh, the Mishrouded Island, are quite mm -hmm. good. Because, well, I won't talk about why that is. But, <laughs> trust me when I say they're quite good. Even okay. though they're, there's not a lot to them, but there's a lot to infer from them, which is nice. Mm -hmm. yeah, they're, yeah, they're just like little tiny vignettes. Most of them don't really matter, especially in the first couple islands. Yeah, that's what I figured. So I was like, okay, I'm starting to get the theme of these quests. So I'm just going to click through and... It's just, uh, I have a problem. Yeah. Kill a monster. Thanks yeah, for killing exactly. the monster. Here's right. crystals. Right, right. Or it'd be like, I want you to get this thing for me. It's like, cool, I'll kill the things to get the thing for you. Uh, but um, let's see what else. Uh, the raids are fun. I like going in and trying to take on a, a monster that I would never beat in my wildest dreams and just calling for help and then people show up and kill it for me. <laughs> yeah, instantly, because that's how public raids work. Yeah, and it's if, wonderful. If you, if you want some help, <laughs> I mm -hmm. can now take care of most raids in the lower level bracket. Mm. So if you want a better chance at rewards, uh, we can just like duo those and okay, that'll be fine. Just just hit me up. Okay, just be like I need help. Well, Do what difficulty? Because I don't know. Because it goes like from like normal, hard, really hard, and. Extreme yeah, so or something. there's there's normal for the raids. There's normal raids, hard raids, and uh, what are called magnas or omegas. Okay. Uh, I can do up to omegas and up to I can't do Celeste and Luminiera or Chev okay. Chevalier, but I can do all of the main elemental magnas or omegas. Okay. Which are the which are really that's like the first hurdle you have to get past is being able to MVP those. Mm. And during strike time, I can solo those. So. Ah. Feels good. Feels good. Feels good. I would hope that I would at least be at this level two months into the game. I'm two <laughs> months into the game now, by the way, officially. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Grandma Fantasy is really fun. It is a lot of fun. I think my progress kind of slowed down after the event, but I might pick it up again now that it's, like, a small holiday. <laughs> so... Mm -hmm. Also, there's there's an event going on right now, which is really good. The, oh. the writing for the side stories gets better every time. Okay. But this event especially is pretty good. And if you do it, you'll get a really convenient summon who increases your drop rate when you oh. put it as your main summon. So oh. I, would, I would consider 
running through the story. Sure, I'll do that. And luckily, the because they're like, because they're, it's an event, it's really easy because you can just, they're considered raids, so you can just open it up to the public. And they'll come and kill it for you in two seconds because they want the help bonus. Yay, help me and get your bonus, Sue. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. I look forward to playing more. Is there anything else besides Grand Blue Fantasy and Critical Role? No, man. Listen, it's just been work and watching and playing things. <laughs> it's, it's been my I mean, life the past month. That's fair. <laughs> it's just how it be sometimes. That is how it be. What you been up to besides Grand Blue? <laughs> well, aside from Grand Blue Fantasy, my knife grid is on its way. Oh, God, your knife. <laughs> it's still going. And you know what? I got one <laughs> knife to drop yesterday. Oh. And then I bought another knife from the shop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think half of my grid at this point is knives that I bought from the shop. Because they just don't drop for me. Anyway, <laughs> knife complaints aside. I said aside from Grand Blue. <laughs> right. Aside from the knife complaints. I went to LA to visit a friend of mine. Oh. Uh, and that was super fun. I ate a lot of food. I mm -hmm. had some cheap Korean barbecue, which mm. is what LA is known for. Because there are a lot of Koreans. <laughs> and we love our barbecue <laughs> and i went to one of those conveyor belt sushi places mm. and that was super fun yay also really tasty that was actually really good yeah yeah we have one near my workplace too and we go there quite often because it's actually really good i uh, it it was funny to me that there's like there's like a fun mini game where you put the plates in the hole. Yes, yes, we have those too. You get yeah, prizes. yeah, yeah. Yes, you get a gotcha. <laughs> I love that. I have a sticker on my phone right now, but it's like really faded because my phone sees a lot of wear and tear. Uh huh. But yeah, it's it's of a little of a little. Oh shoot! What are they called? The the little rolls. The the ones that you put the fish on top of the rice pocket a little bit. It's, uh, it's, the, it's the sushi. It's, it's nigiri, nigiri. I, I was gonna say, like, I, I'm pretty sure the ones at our place are also sushi themed right now. <laughs> so. Yes, it's a little, it's a little tuna nigiri. Oh, that's cute. Adorable. I bet you, I bet you, we went to the same chain or something, and that's why uh, yeah, it's I like the same thing. <laughs> um, aside from that, uh huh. Honestly, mostly I just ate food and played Overwatch. <laughs> like. I was in LA and I just ate food and played Overwatch and nice. it was a great time. That sounds like fun. I I had boba every single day, sometimes twice a day. Oh god, that's too much. Nah, it's just enough. <laughs> I love boba, so I have no complaints about this. I say I say that's too much considering I mean just last weekend I went to go get boba, so Oh, you know what? What else I did? I went to go watch Incredibles 2 with Frenzies. Nice. Yeah, it was good. Like it that. is good. It is yeah. good. Yeah. We could do an entire episode of Incredibles 2. <laughs> modern visual culture. It is modern visual culture, and Pixar is a masterclass in modern visual culture. <laughs> I, I also went to see Incredibles 2. Mm -hmm. There was a bit of a fun situation where... We let's okay. We went to see Incredibles 2 as a group, but we took a couple cars. Okay. And let's just say that my friend's car started smoking and <gasps> we had to pull over 
into a parking lot and then have someone else pick us up and then take us to the movie. And we just left the car there and they picked it up in the morning to figure out what was wrong with it. Oh, what was wrong with it? I mean, there were many things wrong with it. (laughs) So... For one, for one, the oil cap wasn't on the engine, which is bad. Yes. For two, the the engine was heavily, heavily overheating, which was also bad. Uh-huh. I'm sure they fixed it at some point, maybe. Or either that or they're still dealing with it. I don't know. Whatever. Car didn't explode, so we're fine. I mean, I can't. I mean, considering I'm car illiterate, I can't really judge someone on the maintenance of their car. But I feel like... Having the oil cap screwed on seems pretty like yeah, it's, it's level pretty one. important. It's pretty important. <laughs> I mean, these are these are my friends that actually know how to do cars. It's just that because they know how to do cars, they really like to sort of adopt cars. Okay. Or rather, they never give up on a car. Oh, I see. And so they are more prone to things like this. Sure. They'll take the cars that no one wants, and then the thing bad things happen to them because no one, you know, there's a reason. Right, and then don't and then they'll them. fix it themselves instead of going to a shop. So right, yeah, no, yeah, I, I get you. Yeah, they are technically more prone to this this sort of thing, but you know what? It was fine. It worked out. Everyone everyone <laughs> got home safe and sound. Car no is one still died. <laughs> somewhat alive, I think maybe. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad you're safe. Yeah. I went to the fair yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was that was fun. Mm-hmm. We didn't do a whole lot aside from watching my friend's sister perform on the stage, which was exciting. That was good. That was good. That's cool. And I ate a lot of food. Mm-hmm. I ate fried catfish, which is one of my favorite Aww. things. And like half a basket of Cajun fries. Until I couldn't eat any more Cajun fries. Oh, man. And then Mm -hmm. I had some desserts, Mm -hmm. which consisted of... What did I have for dessert? Uh, Something fried? I actually don't think I had anything fried. We actually ended up not getting funnel cake because everyone was just really full. (laughs) I mean, after fried catfish and then fries. (laughs) Oh, I remember now. My... My dessert was a beer. <laughs> and a beer for dessert. That's not. <laughs> and then. Uh-huh. And then I uh-huh. I had a I had a lovely date with the love of my life, Toasty Elotes. <laughs> now, for people for people that don't know, elotes is like the Mexican grilled corn, and then they, they sprinkle like lime juice and uh like chili powder. Uh-huh. A mayonnaise too, I think sometimes. Oh now, boy, that's luxurious. Tostilotes is if you took corn, like that corn, and then you dumped the contents of it into a bag of like Tostitos. Okay. And then you ate it with a fork. <laughs> that sounds really delicious. It's really tasty. Yeah. And the only place I've ever had it is at the fair, so it's it's a once. A once a year ordeal for me, and it's very important to me. I've never had such a thing, so now I want to experience it. It is absolutely beautiful. <laughs> the love of my life, my beautiful mistress. 
the apple of my eye, the rose of my heart. Okay, okay. Toasty elotes. <laughs> Your wedding photo will just be you and Toasty elotes. Yes. I ate until I felt sick a little bit. Oh, no. And then I sat for like 20 minutes and I felt fine. I can picture this vividly. <laughs> and then I went home. <laughs> And played more Grand Blue. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I honestly go to the fair to eat food. That's my, that's my main goal. If I ride a ride or two, that's fine. But the lines were really long. And there were okay. a lot of people. So right. I didn't. So I ate more. So I ate more. I, I rode the Ferris wheel. But like the thing you have to consider is... That I got there around three-ish. Okay. And we left around seven. So basically, I had two entire meals in the span of about four hours. I mean, considering that, I feel like it's better that you didn't go on any rides because (laughs) we both know what could happen. (laughs) Well, if I had gone on any rides, it would have been before I ate the bag of delicious, delicious gold that is Toasty (laughs) Lotes. But I was considerate, and I also didn't want to wait in line, which is honestly, I think, the hallmark of me getting a little old. Hmm. Because I I walked over, and I was like, hmm, all these kids waiting in line in the sun, I don't want it. I don't want to wait that long, all these kids. You are a kid. (laughs) I, yes, but I'm less of a kid than the kids in line. And that's what matters. I am enough of I am enough of a vague semblance of an adult that people will look at me and think, "Wow, that's a really mature sixteen-year-old." <laughs> it's actually really funny when I was when I was getting my beer. The guy who was like getting the beers and the guy who was the cashier were different. Yeah, and the guy who was getting the beer was like, "Did you check his ID like six times?" And he's like, "I did." And I was like, "I know, I know, I look like I'm twelve. It happens. It happens." <laughs> yeah, that was that was my fair adventure. Good. I had a really good time. Uh, my friend's sister's band was really good, actually. Oh, that's good. Yeah, she's she's the lead singer, and Dope. that is a musical family. Because mm. both of those children sing really well. Oh. My friend sang at uh, Obama's inauguration ceremony. What? Yeah. That's wild. He was, he was part of the San Francisco Boys Chorus at the time, and he went and sang. Wow. You, yeah. you need to get your friends to sing us an intro. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that'll happen. It'll be, it'll be really also, good. <laughs> if, if it did, we would then be stuck using classical music as our intro for the next eighty years. Oh, I'm sure they'd be willing to do something more Annie Moo. My friend has seen exactly one anime, and it's Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. But that's a good one. Then they know <laughs> it is a good anime. <laughs> You're right. It is a good anime. <laughs> So I'm moving on from that because that's that's all I did. I had yeah. an exciting week or two actually. Yeah, there was a lot that happened. Let's. I mean, we already talked about Grand Blue Fantasy, so let's skip past that <laughs> and talk about 
briefly about Uma Musume, which is a show okay. we didn't watch, but I no. learned something about it oh, that I okay. have to tell you. Okay, okay, tell me, tell me. I didn't know this, okay. but the anime is based off of a mobile game. Oh. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Is it is it called Uma Musume Pretty Derby? Yes. <laughs> and here's here's the kicker. Okay. Jenica's horses kickers. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> here's the kicker. Okay. It is published by Psy Games, who oh. also does Grand Blue Fantasy. I mean, uh, Sue, I feel like this game is for you then, buddy. It's not for me. I nope, think nope. it's for you. All the I'm signs are pointing it. to it. The fact that you can't get it out of your mind, you you like you brought it up at the very last second of the you know spring start. <laughs> it just it's worked its way into your brain, into your heart. It's made by Psy Games. It's derbied its way into my brain (laughs) at the most inopportune moments. And you made a horse pun? I think it's time. No, no, no. (laughs) I do hear that people enjoyed this anime, though. Which, for what it is, fair. But also, uh, I'm not going to watch this. I mean, now we know where they got all the money to make this anime look really good. It's right. true. It was from it was from the horse racing industry and also from Psy Games billions of billions of mobile dollars. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's probably enough beating around the bush. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about those things that we watched this season, which is spring twenty eighteen. Yes. Spring twenty eighteen. I'm excited. We have a lot to say. We're going to give a brief summary of what the anime is, but if you want a more in-depth look at what it is, you're going to want to check out our spring 2018 sampler episode. Go! Huh. So, huh. up first is the one that I did not enjoy. Jivanaka Tolaengulu. I don't know. What is this title? I was Listen. so used to the English one. <laughs> You know that the only difference between them is replacing the word Tachibanakan with love, right? It actually becomes no. easier in English. I know, like, that's why I was or, so used to the English one, but you have the Japanese title in my Tachibanakan face right now. Tolai angle. Like, like triangle. I know. I know. I was so used to saying love Toraienguru that that Tachibanakan Toraienguru just doesn't... I like the English version better, surprisingly. Usually I like the Japanese version better. <laughs> it's it's because they kept the essential part of the pun. Because Tachiba- Tachibanakan just means the place that they're staying. Like, that's what it's yeah. called. Yeah. But lo- Love Tolai Engel is... They know what it's about. It's quite clever. It's a, it's a really good pun. I think, I think the show should have just been called that, honestly. I think it should have, too. That's why I was... <laughs> He threw me off anyway. But yes, it is it is every <laughs> bad harem anime you've uh, ever seen where the protagonist gets into all these unfortunate, lucky, pervert situations. But it's about lesbians. Yeah. It's about all ladies. I can't figure out whether it was it was probably a good thing that it was condensed into little half episodes, right? Like I can't I was about to say, like, maybe if they had more time to actually develop things that it would have been a better quality. But you then, would not have enjoyed it regardless. Yeah, yeah, but then but then but then then it would have just like been every other bad harem where it's like they drag out everything, like they drag out the plot and everything all the character development and all the little cute hijinks or whatever. 
<laughs> See, this is why I maintain that it's good that it's a short form, because as charming and as nostalgic as one can be for the golden age of harem anime, mm-hmm. some of them went on for way, way too long. So long. Like, I, I honestly think that Love Hina is quite charming, and yet, there's just a lot of it. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, maybe it's good that it's short form, but maybe it's also bad that it's short form because they had to do things, you know, lightning fast. So it's just like this girl comes to this house and all of a sudden all these ladies are naked and like all up in her grill. And <laughs> I mean, it, I boils, really <laughs> it boils down the essence of what that is. Yeah. At the very least, it is transparently not very good. They, I don't know. It feels like whatever I enjoyed from harem anime, like back in the day or even now, uh, was somehow not there for this one, which is why I was so upset because I was like, oh my gosh, it's an all-girl harem anime and whatever. It looks cute and stuff, and then it didn't end up being a good quality harem anime. I mean, I honestly think that's probably just characterization. I think that the thing about harem anime is that the character arc of all of the women in the show tend to be very, shall we say, it's a very fire emblem. It takes place <laughs> over a very short period of time. Right. And then nothing happens after that. It's Right. It's like if every character was Yosuke Hanamura. <sighs> so much. I hate him so much. Do you much. hate him more than Akechi? Mm, I hate them in different ways. <laughs> oh, that's but so if tempting. You had to pick... I, if, if I had to pick one character to erase from existence, yes. I would pick Akechi. Ah! Because I think Akechi serves even less of a purpose in the game than Yosuke. <laughs> yep. That's, yeah, yeah, no, I stand by my decision. Oh, yes. boy. So this, this anime is not very good. I don't recommend watching it, no matter how desperate you are for lesbians. And that's saying something. I mean, yeah, considering even you, who was, like, all for it, even when we were watching it and knew how bad it was, you know, can say that it was bad at the end. I think it's, that says a lot. It's so bad. <laughs> It's it's boring too. It's only yeah. three minutes and yet it still bores me. Yeah, it was actually still boring despite how lightning fast all the <laughs> developments were. So honestly, my recommendation like I still stand by the fact that we need bad trashy lesbian <laughs> fiction. I just don't think this is it. I think this is like not bad enough that it's funny and not good enough to be good. It was bad mediocre. Yeah, it was mediocre bad. Like, bad mediocre. You're absolutely correct. Apparently, this is based off a manga. Maybe that will be better, but I, I somewhat doubt that a little bit. Mm, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have much else to say about it. Yeah. Uh, except for the ending is, like, weirdly metal. Yeah, it has a metal ending. <laughs> the ending theme is, like, so incongruous with the themes and the aesthetic of the show. It's bizarre. Yeah, it was like it's like it's like metal, but not like baby metal metal, just like metal just and then and then the straight. girl starts singing, but it's not quite metal enough to be baby metal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. That's all I can say about it. Yeah. Let's talk about Fumikiri Jikan or Crossing Time, which Yay. is 
Surprise Lesbians number two. <laughs> this is a show that has three minute stories about encounters at railroad crossings, which there isn't an amazing cultural analog for that here. But mm-hmm. just imagine if crosswalks took forever. Yes. <laughs> so things, I guess, happen or it's a it's it's like a weird understated part of the cultural upbringing of children is that they just spend a lot of time at railroad crossings because there's not a lot of space in Japan. So they're everywhere. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it I think it works towards the fact that they are three minute long, right? Because that's about the time that you would spend at like a crosswalk. Yeah, but nothing happens at crosswalks. Yeah, but at this one there is. <laughs> I I guess I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was cute, honestly. It was cute. Um I think there were a couple episodes where I was like I I like where it felt kind of boring, right? Cuz it's it's slice of lifey and not every story is going to hit. Yeah. But um there were quite a few enjoyable characters that I was surprised by. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it works really well as a three minute short form. Because mm-hmm. if you if even if you don't like an episode, it's only three yeah. minutes. It'll be exactly. It's only three minutes and then you can move on and then maybe the next episode will be more enjoyable, which it usually is. So it's it's one of those things where it's not the most in depth, but there is with short form shows. A lot of the times it's really hard to build any kind of meaningful characterization. Right. And so they essentially have to say a lot without saying anything. Right. And I, th- I think this does a decent enough job of it. I think as, yeah. a, as a short anthology series, it's pretty cute. I, I think it tells whatever information it needs to tell by, of, about the character and then, you know, kind of like leads into the light humor that it has, like the jokes or whatever. Yeah, the, the episode usually leads to like a punchline or two. Mm-hmm. But also surprise lesbians. The first episode and the last episode are about <laughs> lesbians. Very <but> like, overt <laughs> lesbians. <laughs> it's it's complicated because it's like, oh, girl A confesses to girl B, and girl B is like, oh, well, let me think about that, which is 90% of anime ever. Yeah, but I mean, I, I like the fact that it was no nonsense, like... I, th- I feel yes, this way about you. Yes, I am interested you. in you in a romantic way. No subtext. Way. No subtext whatsoever. <laughs> I thought that was. I thought that was cute. Yeah, they they knew who they were talking to. <laughs> so if you want, like, to kill thirty three minutes, just watch it. <laughs> to watch the whole <laughs> season of this anime. It's so short. It's super short. <laughs> cool. So let's talk about something else that is also kind of short. Yeah. Isekai Isekaya Nobu, which has a different name, but it, it's Isekai Isekaya Nobu. That's all you need it's to know. It's a very it. long name, but you know. <laughs> it's an Isekai, but about a shop that sells Japanese food to these medieval peasants. Yeah, and they actually explain it at the end, which is awesome. <laughs> I didn't think we'd get that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually, you know what, I read the manga up to that point, so I I actually knew that was coming. Oh, well, and, not everyone is you. Well, that's true. <laughs> I have to say, I really liked the design of, of the, like, fox shrine goddess. Oh, yeah, she was awesome. But, I mean, I, it's because I have, a, like, a very clear weakness for very sharp-eyed characters. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You like, you like the, the girl in Recreators, too. 
Yes. The... Yes. Yeah. That one. <laughs> <laughs> that one. That one. <laughs> I like her too. Listen, I don't know why. I just like it. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know so, why either. <laughs> basically, it just boils down to it is a fun, cute show about eating food and drinking beer yum, and yum, doing yum. those two activities at the same time. Yum, 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 yum. It is enjoyable even if you are someone like me who does not particularly drink beer all the time. Mmm, beer. You just look at the food and be like, mmm, and then you watch them enjoy all the things and you're like, mmm, I want to know how to make that and then they show you how to make it every other episode. Yes. They have like this this nice fun ending section which is always like like a real life thing. If you, it's actually really funny. It's it's kind of like watching um a Korean or a Japanese reality TV show, but like condensed into a, a three minute segment. Yeah. I so like yeah. it. It's it's very fun. It's very mm-hmm. it's a very fun watch. And each episode's only like twelve minutes, so Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? Why not see why not? some Japanese cuisine and watch them explain it and then watch them show you how to make it. <laughs> Honestly, that's that's it. Like, yeah, that's the show. <laughs> it's a very straightforward show. Yeah, which is probably why I like it because it's just about food, and I like food. Yeah, exactly. I think it's very clear about what our what audience it's targeting, so they know yeah. what they're about. They're not gonna like subterfuge you into thinking that's about food, and really, it's about like human relations, which that's fine too. But sometimes you just need a show about food, and this is one that's- of them. Listen, if you want a show about food that is actually about human relations, just watch Parts Unknown on Netflix. There's eight <laughs> seasons of it. Or Amama to Inazuma. <laughs> yeah, watch Sweetness and Lightning. It's so good. It's so cute. It's so, so cute. cute. <laughs> so cute. Okay. Anyway. Let's transition from the stuff that we like felt kind of eh about. Or or liked but didn't have anything to say. Let's let's get into the meat of the oh, season. Yeah, the meat. We're gonna <laughs> we're going to take the 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 boiled crab that is this season of anime, and we're gonna oh. stop nibbling, and we're gonna proverbially crack that sucker open and and suck out that meat. Oh God, you are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about maho shojo ore. Maho shojo ore. Compared to a crab. <laughs> Compared to a crab. This this is an anime that asks the question, what if magical girls were buff guys in frilly skirts instead? Yeah. What if they were all bara? What if they were all very bara? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what did you think about this show? So I really enjoyed this anime, but I enjoyed it because it was so, like off the wall like like kind of like one of those like guilty pleasure trashy anime mm-hmm. that was that was this for me <laughs> mm-hmm. so even though like i was having a really good time and watching it with frenzies or whatever i know in my heart that it's not a great anime <laughs> okay well i think i would tend to agree yeah <laughs> i had fun watching it mm-hmm. but i also don't think it's great (laughs) it it is a lot like if madoka decided to be silly instead of edgy Mm -hmm. but man it's just not amazing i i feel like it had 
you know, some potential to be amazing. And at least like the original creator's art is really good too. And I just think that the story kind of, you know, isn't like it's meant to be like a really light comedy kind of thing. But I think at times it's like too light in a sense, like. Yes, <laughs> it it to me feels like there's not a lot of substance beneath it. Yeah. So it's it's very hollow and there's nothing nothing about it that really speaks to me. Like, oh wow, it's it's fun watching uh high school girls turn into really buff dudes with skirts, but that wears off after like an episode and a half. Right. The pace is mind-bogglingly bad. <laughs> it it is <laughs> There are like for how over the top and silly the show is, it is unbelievably slow and boring. Yeah, I don't actually understand how they did that. I I feel like with a lot of gag anime, it it tends to. I think this is like a pitfall for a lot of gag anime is that they'll cram so many jokes and things and and stuff that happens in it, but then by the end of it, it feels like nothing happened at all, and that it was actually a really slow ride because you're like oh my gosh it's only been half an hour it feels like forever but i think with good gag anime they know how to vary up the pacing or uh the jokes or or they they have a good idea of of how the audience is going to feel by this point of the episode and so they can react accordingly uh but with bad gag anime it it almost like keeps repeating the formula kind of thing and then it just drags forever yeah, I, I think you're right. I think the overarching thing I can say about it is that it's overwhelmingly one note. Yeah. It's not very complicated. It doesn't have a lot to say at all. Yeah. It's fun to watch and fun to watch if you're watching it with other people. Right. But ultimately, it's like not a, not great. Like, yeah, <laughs> it. A lot of the times, I think it relies on on its premise to be funny, right. and it spends a lot of time looking at the fourth wall and being like, "Ah, ah, right, right." And as a result, it stops being funny because it's trying to be funny and starts being funny because it's bad, right? Like, I think the, I guess towards like. Like, I don't know, I guess, like, after the beginning, the only parts that I really ended up laughing at were, like, towards the end when they did, like, that whole, like, dropping quality type of thing, like... Yeah, that, was actually, a, that was actually a, yeah, funny. They made a meta-commentary on how anime quality, like, drops in order to save a budget for the finale, right? And so, like, they right. really, like, played this up and made all the characters' faces, like, out of control. Uh, so that was actually really funny. Uh, See, that was really funny, but Gintama did it first. Yeah, yeah. That's, and it's, arguably it's better. Yeah, it's so hard when you think about other gag anime that, that are self-aware like Gintama and know how to... They're basic, It's like basically like they're veterans at this point kind of thing, whereas Maho Shoujo Ore is you know, very new. It was only like a two-volume manga. Um, yeah, it wasn't very long. Yeah, so... I don't know. It was it's it's a fun little watch if you're like looking to goof off with your friends, but it's nothing like don't expect any actual like substance out of it. No. And expect to be bored out of your mind for some of like this is probably this is the one of the only shows that I actively tabbed out during a couple times <laughs> consistently. 
legit something would be happening and then as soon as that thing was in the middle of happening i would just pull up twitter and look back and it would still be happening <laughs> so yeah it's not my favorite thing that aired this season it, yeah i think it goes too far down the parody rabbit hole because mm-hmm. at the end it tries mm-hmm. to be sincere and it just falls completely flat yeah it's because like, there was no build up to it it felt like they they attempt to make some kind of emotional impact in some respect. Yeah. And it just doesn't feel good at all. Yeah. You're just like, like you spent the whole time blowing raspberries and yeah. sticking your tongue out and like making yeah. funny faces and all of a sudden yeah. you want me to relate to these characters who there's like nothing relatable about because they're all right. one note flat characters for a gag. Like <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah. It would have done better to, like, drop some notes about this or that that they were going to lead up to at the end. But instead, it was just like, joke, 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 joke. And then at the end, it's just like, oh, here's the actual, like, heartfelt thing that we wanted to have at the end that that shows the whole meaning of the series. And it wasn't, it it fell on its face (laughs) because they didn't develop to it right. It's a series that's really confused about what it is. To the point where it doesn't do anything at all. <laughs> you know, it's it's not particularly pretty. The animation's serviceable, and they do make jokes about it, which is funny-ish. Yeah. yeah. But they have an entire joke dedicated to it where they're like, oh, these are the like weird meta characters, so they never explain, yeah. that write and make the anime, and now they're going to stop the... They have It's an entire episode that's a parody of, of Shin Godzilla. Yeah. But my god, was it just utterly boring. Yeah, that episode was awful. It was like Shin Shin Godzilla and also Osomatsu-san, yeah. which was so weird. And and I, I I guess it could have been funny, but like they dragged it out through the entire episode. It was so and boring. So it was really bad. Do you know what and, it felt like? Uh-huh. It felt like a less well-executed episode of Panty and Stalking. There's an episode where they and I think this works in Panty and Stocking's favor because it's, it, it only lasted about 12, epi- uh, 12 minutes. Okay. One of the episodes is like this really sad, somber look at this dude. And it's like animated in this really realistic style. And he's just like really, really sad. And then they come in at the end and whatever. I think that was way more well executed than the other one where like the character, the main characters don't even feature until the end. Right. Where it's like, ha, look at that. It, I don't know if this was actually a chapter that was in the manga, but it felt like filler because of how much they dragged it out. Like it did. Maybe, it felt really like filler. I don't know. Maybe it was like a couple pages or like a page in the manga or like an omake kind of thing, but then they had to drag it out for like a whole episode in the anime. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's how it felt. Yeah, I... Yeah, no, I just... I was very meh about it. Like, I I probably enjoyed it even less than you did. <laughs> <laughs> because also, they have two two different sets of, of girls that like other girls, and none of them kiss. <laughs> and, like, that sounds like a joke that I'm making about my, my propensity towards, like, liking shows about lesbians. But... <laughs> In actuality, this is a big problem in in magical girl anime, especially where it is it is assumed that this is okay because these are these are 
not fully formed adults and they'll grow out of their lesbianism. Mm-hmm. And so at, le- at the very least, Maho Shoujo Ore could have made a statement about that and at least it would have been somewhat subversive. But at the end of the day, yeah. it's just everything that is bad about regular magical girl shows with none of yeah. the sincerity of regular magical girl shows yeah. and none of the bite to a, a real parody. Like, yeah, that that was, I think, the main issue that I took from it is mm-hmm. it is a parody of, of which there is no point to the parody. Right. At which point, why aren't you just doing the thing? <laughs> Yeah, like, I feel like, you know, because of the premise, right, It the premise itself is subversive, but they didn't carry it, like, a step further, like you said, where, like, the girls could actually kiss, and that would be hugely subversive, and they have the platform to do it because their premise is already in itself subversive, right? It would It would build into the commentary, but because they didn't push it further, I guess, and, and they only just stuck with that one premise and just, like ran with it rather than like building up on it it felt like very flat yeah it's utterly surface level incredibly pedestrian it's (laughs) so casual yeah it's i i I wouldn't even recommend this to like a casual viewer yeah it feels so pointless Mm -hmm. and that's because it doesn't have teeth as a parody it's it feels like, why are you doing a parody if you don't have something to say with it? Mm-hmm. And if also if you're not funny, because it wasn't. <laughs> it, it to me feels like what would happen if you asked a sixth grader to write a parody. Because they'd just be like, oh, okay, I'll just make it sillier, right? And there's no point behind it. It's It's like... It's such a surface level reading of Magical Girl as a genre. Mm. Nothing about yeah. it felt meaningful to me. It's <laughs> let's just say it's not a show that's going to stick in my mind for a long time, except for when I bring up bad shows. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it. Yeah, it, it's just like a missed opportunity. Like it could have done a lot, but it didn't. But then at the same time, it's just like maybe it didn't want to do a lot. Maybe it just wanted to be a very transient experience. Like. Here's a funny thing. Ha ha. Time to move on. I don't know. I don't know what the author's intent was, but uh, it had a couple of good jokes, but overall, it's hard to recommend. Not worth watching. <laughs> Let's talk with something that is worth watching. Oh. So next we have Otaku Nikoi wa Muzukashi, which is a manga that Soup and I have been keeping up with online. And it became an anime, and boy, were we delighted, because he and I both have a soft spot for office worker romances in a uh, kind of like a, they're, they're like nerdy work, work office workers, right? Like they're, they categorize themselves as otaku, right? Different types of otaku. One's a gaming otaku, one's a fujoshi, etc., etc. Um, and... The manga, the way that it's written, is extremely self-aware because I think the author said that she based some of the characters off of like her friends and their dynamics, so it feels very relatable. Oh my uh, gosh, I have <laughs> so much love for this show. Yeah, and like the fact that it the show is carried by essentially like four characters, right? It tells you a lot about how 
well these characters are you know portrayed it to me feels very sincere in its portrayal of romance and i think that might be in part because the characters are based on people that the mangaka knows yeah it's probably the most realistic romance that i've Mm -hmm. ever read or watched it's very slow it's like i'm not gonna say slow but it is a slow burn right yeah where there's a lot of episodes where not a lot of romantic progress is made but at the same time it feels like regular people romance right it does it <laughs> it is so utterly relatable yeah for the progression of of the relationship between the two main characters to be man i'm lonely do you want to go out okay and then they don't do anything for the next couple episodes. And then they're like, we should probably go on a date, huh? Yep. <laughs> that is so much closer to what an actual romantic relationship is like than any shoujo manga that I've ever read. Because mm-hmm. a boy oh. Yeah, that's that's super real. And the fact like they eventually, of course, come to the question of like, you know, why why are we like, are we even attracted to each other? Because we haven't done anything. And then you know, and then becomes, and then it leads into like the affirmation of, yeah, I'm actually really attracted to you. And then the development happens. Right. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, it doesn't ever feel like overly dramatic or anything like that. It doesn't feel unrealistic for the characters. It feels so like it, it leads into it naturally. And in a way that you're basically just left screaming behind your screen as you're watching them be cute. <laughs> Yeah, I I would agree. I think it's a very relate or I've I've said relatable. I think it's a very down to earth show. Yeah, it's very realistic about the way that romance works. Mm-hmm. Like it's not always about the dokies, right? I mean, of course, there's like really good shojo series out there, like uh, like Ore Monogatari, which is like basically always dokies. But Super then this dokies one, all the time. Uh, yeah, all the time, which, of course, there are there are relationships that are like that. <laughs> but then this explores the other side of it, where it's just like, you know, we started off as like really long time friends. So it's probably going to feel really casual, like most of the time. But we are dating now. So we're going to have a couple moments where, you know, we explore that that part of our new relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And I'm so glad it became an Annie Moo. Uh, I, I still agree. highly recommend the manga to anyone who enjoys this series because the the pacing of the manga is obviously different. It's it's faster paced because it's not having to be stretched out into an anime, mm-hmm. and they make you know jokes that you can't really catch in the anime because it's not something that's animatable. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I hope that they make another season whenever the mangaka makes more content to you know constitute another season (laughs) yeah i would say that it feels a lot like golden kamui which aired this season in that the anime doesn't really do anything that the manga already doesn't do exactly Mm -hmm. but it's nice to have color and yeah voices and and music (laughs) because Oh, Lord, <laughs> my boy Tomokazu Sugita and my yeah. girl Miyuki Sawashiro. Yeah. Miyuki yeah. Sawashiro could murder me in cold blood and I would thank her. <laughs> She's going on maternity leave and I am tragedy. <laughs> I'm going to miss her voice in the next coming seasons. Yeah. What will you do? She won't be in like any show. <laughs> She'll go from being in every show to none of the shows. I know. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. <laughs> it will be empty. <laughs> 
That's fine. She'll be back eventually. And your boy will be around, my- probably. Yeah, my boy Tomokaze Sugita will be around. I'll just use Sugita as my, <laughs> like, point. That's the boy uh, person. <laughs> Definitely give it three episodes. I think the first episode or two, the pacing is a little bloated. It's a little yeah. bit slower than it's so it slow has in the first two episodes. <laughs> any need to be, really, because... Yes, they need to be, which is sad, but true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's funny. There's a lot mm-hmm. of references in it that you don't have to get to enjoy it because it's yeah. just people being enthusiastic about things that they like. Yeah. And that's, that's fun. Mm-hmm. But if you do get the jokes, it's pretty funny. Yeah. But not everyone, not everyone just has seen everything on the planet. So I understand. Yeah. Not everyone has seen Ava and will get the very first Ava joke that they make. <laughs> He's a normie. <laughs> That's honestly my reaction too. Sometimes it's just like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. let's let's talk about something else. With okay. and you're gonna you're gonna sense a little bit of a theme. Mm-hmm. Which is that all of the shows that we like have some sort of heart to them, have some sort of sincerity to them, have some sort of substance to them. Mm-hmm. But that and could be a matter of personal taste. <laughs> I think it is a matter of personal taste, but like at the end of the day, what will stick with you is yeah. something that has something to say, I guess yeah. is what I mean to say. I think that one of those things is Megalobox. <laughs> Boxing. <laughs> which is about an underdog boxer man it's like redline but about boxing yeah basically which is literally i mean we did an entire episode about redline and it's basically no different we but compared the two pretty i think i think it wraps it up pretty well <laughs> it, it really does i think overall it's really good yeah. i have some issues with it yeah it's not but perfect, overall it's really good but what anime is Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. I mean, I guess people could... Yeah, I was going to say, like, people could argue. <laughs> well, I mean, even Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood isn't perfect. <laughs> oh, that's very big of you to admit. But it gets pretty <laughs> damn close. Like, here's the thing about Fullmetal Alchemist. <laughs> the only way for Fullmetal Alchemist to have been perfect, because I think Fullmetal Alchemist is the perfect manga, <laughs> the only way for it to have become the perfect anime <laughs> is if they had drawn it out and had spent more time with the beginning bits. I agree that like, Brotherhood like should have, yeah, should have like had the beginning illustrated out like the original. But then I think I feel like they had a limit to how many episodes they could make. I understand why they didn't do it. Yeah, because there's no point in treading on ground that you've already tread. Yeah. you might as well just sum it up in like a essentially a trailer and just be like, okay. You like that? You should watch the original half of the original show. Right. But, ah, oh, man, if it had just been that. It that would have been the perfect bit, series. It would have been <laughs> the perfect series, which is why I maintain that Fullmetal Alchemist is the perfect manga. <laughs> or one, one of a couple perfect manga, because I don't I don't think that perfection is unattainable. Hmm. I, I think that to a large extent, it's just... It's just a matter of personal preference. Sure. Like, it can be perfect to you. And, like, even if... I don't know. Like, like would you say, even if it has, like, parts that you didn't like, it would still feel perfect? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Full Mile... Well, 
I think the I would have to think a little bit more about what the criteria for a perfect anime for me feels like. Sure. But I do think Full Metal Alchemist hits all the perfect manga criteria. Okay. Because I don't think there's any part of it that really feels like it's wasted. It all sure. feels like it comes together in a really nice, satisfying way. It ends really satisfyingly. It has a really great arc. Characters continually grow. They don't just grow and then stop. And right. it it feels like a living, breathing story. Sure. But that's just my thoughts about that. Let's talk about Megalobox. <laughs> <laughs> Which... <laughs> Above all else, I think people will notice immediately the excellent, excellent aesthetics. It is gorgeous, mm -hmm. I say, hesitatingly, because gorgeous, I don't think, is the right word for it. The animation and the anime style, the art style of it, has a very, has a very strong character to it that we don't really see a lot nowadays. It is the most effective anime that has come out post-2000. That captures the 90s anime aesthetic. Yeah, and it does it the the way that the aesthetic matches the story is they they build off of each other essentially, which is exactly what you would want from this kind of thing. Like it's not just like a throwback or like, you know, like a nostalgia train, right? Like they actually synchronize in a really nice way that gives you a good experience when you're watching this anime. Right. Yeah. It it's good because it feels like there's a reason it looks like that. Exactly. I like I definitely totally agree. It's mm -hmm. very it's a very old school story. Mm -hmm. And I think that will be a turnoff for some people, right? Sure. We're somewhat past the days where we all flock around stories where the underdog is always winning. Yeah. And so I think the issue that a lot of people take with Megalobox is that the the story is very old school. It's, here's the underdog. He wins every fight, even though he's at a disadvantage, right? Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I, I feel fine about it. Mm -hmm. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Because there is something to say about, like, classic storytelling. And I think it's not necessarily bad if you, like, hit all the quote-unquote tropes or whatever. It's all about how you tell the story and how it feels in the end. And uh, yeah. I think this this anime felt really good. I liked it a plus, lot. Plus, it's only like 12 or 13 episodes. And at that point, yeah. I get it. <laughs> you are really strapped for time, especially because it never feels like it overstays its welcome. In fact, mm -hmm. the anime itself feels like it's rushing. Mm -hmm. Like it's really fast. Mm -hmm. To the point where sometimes you'll be watching an episode and then it will end and you'll be like, whoa, it's been 24 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And, like, suddenly you go from, like, I don't know, the desert, and then you're in, like, the giant Megalonia Stadium with Joe. <laughs> and you're like, how did we get here? <laughs> yeah, it's it's blindingly quick. Yeah. I mean, I, I really liked it. And I think my main gripe was that some of the pacing sometimes feels a little off. Yeah. That is somewhat due to the... the episode limit but also i feel like sometimes they spent a little bit too much time on some things and yeah. didn't spend enough time on other things yeah and then also the fight scenes are a little bit lacking because they're a lot more flash than substance mm -hmm. yeah I agree. there's not any choreography to them despite the fact that it's a genre and 
a medium that requires that. So it's it's a yeah. lot of like really intense, really high impact single moments stacked on top of each other and it doesn't feel very satisfying. But mm-hmm. I think I think the characterization is almost enough to make that feel good. I think so. I think they did what they could. Because I think that the punch, right? The single mm-hmm. knockout punch feels pretty good to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I not, I almost feel the best, like they because like fight scenes are so expensive to, you know, make and they it seemed like it was already going to be an expensive anime to make. Like maybe they had to cut down on those kinds of scenes and then basically only feature like the key moments or something like that. I don't know. I feel like it was probably some kind of executive decision like we shouldn't focus too much on this. Let's focus on the important points and then go back to the characters. Maybe something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I I think so too. I think it's just a shame because a, a boxing anime really shines in its fighting scenes. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think there's a lot about it that feels like the fight scenes are very, I think, generic. Yeah. It it never feels like it doesn't feel like there's a strong sense of style to any of the the characters and the way they fight, which is a shame. Mm. because the anime hypes that up. It's like, oh, Pepe Iglesias, he fights like this. <laughs> but then he just fights exactly the same way as Yuri or Joe. But Joe right. just doesn't have the metal bits on his arms. Sure. I I almost feel like this could be kind of a parallel uh, concern that I had when I was watching Yuri on Ice, which was like, I love the characters and the story and everything, of course, but... Uh, the ice skating bits themselves, sometimes they looked really good during the key moments, but then everything else was like really oh, painful yeah. to watch. <laughs> you, de- you definitely knew where the budget went. Yeah. You could, was, you could yeah. see it with your eyeballs. It was yeah, you crystal could see. clear. It's like, oh, this but this anime had, or this episode had budget. This one did not. And like you could, it's it's something like you, you go in and you know, right? And you have understanding for it. It's just like, of course, this is going to be really expensive to animate. So they had to basically just tween this, you know, little image of this person going back and forth versus like actually animating every turn and twist in like a really intricate figure skating routine. But uh, it was it's basically kind of like how I felt during the fight scenes during Megalobox, too. It was like I, I understand why they had to cut up parts of it. It's just like it ends up being a shame, you know, no matter what. Yeah, I'm I'm sad about it. It's mm-hmm. it could have elevated it to be really really good. Exactly. Because there's a lot of metaphor around boxing as dancing. So yeah. Even in the show they talk yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel choreographed at all, which is a shame. It didn't feel like dancing, which is a shame. Yeah. But you know that that aside, it was pretty good. It was still good regardless. Right, like Yuri on Ice is still hailed, right? Because it's good, and Omega Box is good too. I, I will say, I also like that at the end it was just a boxing match. <laughs> like it was called Megalo Box because it's it's named after the sport <laughs> yeah, where people yeah, punch yeah. each other with yeah. magic boxing arms, and yeah. then at the end they're just boxing normally. It's just box <laughs> like that's just the, boxing that's that's the name of the series by the end of the last episode it's just, it's just, just box box. <laughs> box i'd watch that i'd watch a show called box yeah i will okay 
<laughs> and there is one thing I will say about Megalobox is that yeah. the most standout part, aside from the aesthetic, yeah, or aside from the visual aesthetic, is the yeah. sound. Ooh, the music the is so yes, good. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my god, it's good. <laughs> so the music is by a, an artist named uh, Maba Nua. Okay. Which I don't know how to pronounce that for realsies, but <laughs> you can find him on Spotify and you should do it now. So he did like the theme music, he did, right? He did all of the music except for the ending. Okay, uh, that's what I was going to Except gonna, for yeah. the ending song, which is right. by uh, Nakamura Emi. Yeah. Which the ending song is great too. Yeah. But Mabanua composed the, um, and the opening too, I think by a different person. But Mabanua composed the entire soundtrack outside of those two songs and right. also did all of the, the rapping portions. Like, uh, all those rap songs, which yes. there are a lot of them dotted throughout, and they're all great. They're all really good. Yeah, I mean, I have to, I have to praise the choice for the music. Mm -hmm. Like whoever chose Mabanua as the the music uh, director really made a great choice because the music so fits the aesthetic of the show well. Mm -hmm. It's very gritty. so well. Yeah, it's very. It's very underdog sort of hip hop. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like how you touched on uh, before when we had talked about this, but it feels kind of like how they approach Samurai Champloo, where it's like, oh yeah, you know, they had like the hip hop type of vibe, and you don't really hear that in a lot of anime. But the way that they incorporated the music was, you know, to aid in the storytelling, and that's why, even though you wouldn't necessarily mix the two, it feels like they belong together. Yeah, it's it's really unique, but it's also really nineties. Yeah, yeah. So it it kind of it kind of pulls double duty there, and it does a really great job because mm -hmm. you know fight scenes may not have been that great, but when that main theme kicks in and <laughs> Joe is up for the last time, you're like, oh damn, something's oh. about to go down. <laughs> the music does an amazing job of getting you hyped. Yeah, for sure. And they, they play it at really opportune moments. It's great. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. That's all I have to say about Megalobox. If you miss 90s anime, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, if you want to watch a good boxing anime, I think it had a really strong couple opening episodes. And then later, it the, the shine of it starts to wear off. It's It's like... Yeah. The first three episodes are like a tour de force, and then the rest of mm -hmm. it is like the rest of the anime. And then the ending's yeah. fine. He doesn't die, yeah. by the way. Yeah, it we, it ended in a way that we were not expecting, which was we thought that he would die because Ashta no Joe, you he know, dies he dies. At the end. Yeah, and so we were like, oh no, and because they kept titling it up until that point, like not dead yet, not dead yet, and then the it was like to die. born to World die at the fuck. very last episode. We were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but then in the end and i think because they knew that everyone in the audience who knows ashton nojo would think that he was dead they didn't show him alive until the very very end <laughs> yeah i thought that was fun honestly yeah I it was, was fun was i liked fine. it i, I, I like the, I way liked the ending mm -hmm. i i think some people might find some issue with it but i liked it yeah i liked I mean, it he wins and... the fight he he doesn't take the title and then he just goes and lives with yuri yeah, they they definitely start living together and become boyfriends and Yuri may or may not be in a wheelchair and it's fine. 
<laughs> it's just it's fine it's and fine. they play the dog likes joe listen if if your dog likes the person that you were rivals with for forever and ever and then you guys become friends in the end you're basically married yeah that's it's <laughs> it's actually the law <laughs> it it doesn't matter if you're two dudes two ladies yeah. or dude and a lady or any other yeah. such combination yeah. of, of people <laughs> of varying gender performances <laughs> if the dog picks that's it yeah that's bone. it and then joe was you know he had the kid right the kid liked yuri so it's just like both on both sides it's right? true it's true. they adopt they adopt sachio and then he becomes a famous <laughs> boxer adopted by by two boxers Yep. <laughs> that's my personal headcanon at least that was the subtext of this whole thing. that was the subtext i mean listen sports anime is always like very subtextually homoerotic <laughs> there's no escaping it <laughs> there's no escaping it <laughs> yep uh, it's just yep. the the raw sexual energy of two men two <laughs> strong men embracing while half naked <laughs> And then also beating the snot out of each other. Yeah, I mean, they're obsessed with each other, but they're also, you know, taking out a couple of things on each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about Hinamatsuri. <laughs> which is about your local Yakuza man adopting a psychic daughter. Oh, uh, so good. <laughs> this, this, I will say, is one of the standouts of the season. I I would tentatively say I I actually you know what no I'm gonna say it it was probably my favorite of the season mm, it was mm-hmm. wonderful and I didn't know what to expect going into it because I I didn't know anything about the series you know going into it like you you had read the manga and so you knew everything but I didn't know anything and boy <laughs> it just like exceeded every expectation that I could have had <laughs> yeah it is mind-bogglingly funny yeah like i was shocked how good each joke landed with me because <laughs> like normally <laughs> with like gag or comedy anime it takes me a while to get into it right and then i'm like okay i kind of understand the humor it's funny now this one it took no time for me to yes. just start busting out laughing i you know what so this is this is a um it's a very traditional like komi type humor which if you don't know, is is a Japanese style of humor, which is sort of equivalent to the straight man and the funny man. Yeah. So the funny man will say or do something ridiculous and the straight man will set them straight. But it's like a, a very highly developed thing in Japan. And it's really funny if that's a thing that you get. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it does feel like you need to spend a couple of days in that headspace to get into it. But the thing about Hinamatsuri is... That the animation is good and the comedic timing is so good and they play well together in a really great way in such a way that you don't need to have that sort of cultural understanding for it to be funny. It's just funny. Right. Yeah, I was shocked at how much I just like I ended up adoring the characters like immediately. (laughs) Yes, they're highly endearing. <laughs> yeah, and and they're all very different, and they're characterized so well. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> each one of you I adore. <laughs> the characters are really great, which is, I think, also one of the things that lends to the comedy being really good. Because if you're mm-hmm. invested in characters and they start making jokes, it's really funny. Yeah, yeah. Especially if it's their particular quirks playing against each other, which is exactly what Hinamatsuri is all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
it's the same reason why Konosuba is funny is because mm. it it has great comedic timing mm-hmm. and great animation that is also really funny in and of itself and also yeah. it's these characters that you you really like yeah sort of interacting with each other in in amusing combinations yeah and it doesn't feel like it feels like they the the way that they joke around with each other and they're constantly like like comparing each other like comparing one person to another like that kind of thing it makes it all feel like they're all meshed into the world together versus like isolated incident after isolated incident which i feel like some comedy anime can get into right it doesn't feel very genuine uh but with this anime all the characters are interacting with each other so much that you feel like you are getting this little sneak peek into like their little corner of the city (laughs) yeah i i i would say that that's one of i think the greatest strengths of this show Mm -hmm. is that because it feels like there is some amount of progression, it never feels like... See, this is the thing about the jokes, is the jokes are funny, and they're funnier because they mean something. Mm-hmm. Right? They have an impact, and the th- the things that the characters do and say and what happens to them is meaningful to the story. Mm-hmm. There's not like a single central story, but the stories build off of each other in such a way that the narrative of these characters is always moving forward. And that's, I think, maybe one of the greatest strengths. This is why it also really, really lands when they do the emotional turnaround. Yes, oh my god. Which is what (laughs) Maho Shoujo Ore fails at. (laughs) And what I will affectionately refer to as the Gintama Shuffle. Oh god, the Gintama. (laughs) Because Gintama's also really good about this, where if you're invested in Gintama... The jokes yeah. are funny. The yeah. jokes are funny er because they're in context. And then yeah. when the serious stuff happens, yeah. suddenly it matters. And it's not <laughs> funny anymore, but it becomes meaningful. Suddenly you're in tears and it's not because you're laughing. <laughs> yeah. This is so this is this is something, right? Where yeah. um there was an interview with one of the actors for The Princess Bride who put it beautifully. Okay. Where there's always a moment in a comedy where, you know, it's it's not funny anymore because it's real. Right. Which is like the six fingered man was um basically a metaphor for like or to him it was a metaphor for his father dying of cancer. Right. right? And so that that's the moment where it's not funny, but it's meaningful and impactful. Right. And that's it, right? It's that yeah. um, it's that sincerity. And it's that that con- that context, I would say, mm-hmm. right? It always feels like there's something underneath all of the the interactions, which is what Maho Shoujo Ore doesn't have. Because I mean, let's let's be real, Maho Shoujo Ore yeah. doesn't have characters. Yeah, <laughs> it has pink lesbian one, silver boy, boy two, lesbian two, and lesbian question mark. They're not characters. <laughs> They're cardboard cutouts. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in, in Hinamatsuri, they're all like, they all feel like characters. Yeah. I think uh, it, 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 just, uh, it just does that, that characterization of them and the way that they make sure that the comedy is relatable, even though it's such a bizarre situation, right? Like a Yakuza and a psychic girl. Uh, the comedy is still relatable in a way that makes you laugh. And because it's relatable... When it builds into the sad moments, those also feel relatable, right? 
Like it yeah. feels so real and well connected to you that you know, like like good comedy needs to feel well connected to you. And so there's this. So there is a there is a saying about comedy and tragedy, which is that comedy is tragedy with a punchline. Mm. And that I think holds very true for Hinamatsuri. It yeah. feels it, it excels in both comedy and tragedy. And the reason that it can do that is because it understands timing really well. It understands mm-hmm. characterization really well. Mm-hmm. And the way that it utilizes the moment when it's not funny anymore is good. Yeah. That's why it feels impactful. Yeah. Like it never feels like out of place. Like it's trying to force like a sad moment or a happy moment, right? It just kind yeah. of like rolls into it and and you don't really you don't see it coming, but at the same time it doesn't feel like you uh were made to feel sad or like here's a character, make sure you care about them because something sad's happening to them. It doesn't feel like that, right? Because you're already by that point the emotional attachment has been established. Right. It matters because you're legitimately attached to these characters mm-hmm. and not because it tells you to be attached to them. It's Yeah. It builds characters in, in a yeah. way that's really satisfying. I I love that a lot because I think a lot of series out there, they can tend to feel formulaic in terms of like, hey, look at this a character like don't you feel like you love them a lot they're gonna die in the next episode <laughs> right <laughs> like they, exactly. they built up the character development or they built up the character the emotional attachment to them so that they can break your heart when they die right like mm-hmm. you could see that coming like a mile away and you know people will cry about it or whatever but it feels very shallow in the end <laughs> right or if you you end up feeling very frustrated because it's like what did i build up that attachment for right mm-hmm. uh so I don't think the series definitely doesn't do that in my opinion. It it Absolutely. feels very genuine. The the rhythm of it is really good. The underlying mm-hmm. rhythm behind it is right. it's so good because right. there are it's like big joke, small joke, small joke, big joke. It it's almost like a waltz, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason that it feels meaningful when Anzu becomes adopted is because <sighs> it originally started as a joke. Right. It's like she comes in and she's just like, oh, Hina, I have to take you back. Wait, the pods are broken. Oh, no, let's compete or whatever. Yeah. And then like the the joke is that she can't go back home. And so she's just stuck there. And that's like, oh, that's funny. But then then you take it past that and you take it past the punchline and you're like, oh, she's actually homeless. And she has to live with all these homeless people in this homeless community. And there's like some funny jokes after that where it's like. Oh, this poor girl, she can't afford food. Oh no, mm-hmm. Hina's such a trash bag. And mm-hmm. then there's another moment, like right there, where, you know, she actually integrates into this this community and it feels meaningful. And then there's a couple jokes, da 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 da. And then there's all of the tragedy surrounding the homeless community being broken up, right? Mm-hmm. And she has to be adopted essentially. And that it feels like it's part of something, right? It's yeah. all, it's all a part of Anzu's narrative. And yeah. You can't have something that is just tragedy all the time, or else yeah. you have Tokyo Ghoul, which is just misery porn, and not really good ones. At that. You also can't have something that's just like comedy all the time, which is like what Maho Shoujo Ore ended up trying to be. Right, right. The so, the sort of yeah. dual nature of it is yeah. what makes it work. It's what yeah. gives the comedy weight and what yeah. gives the drama impact. 
Yeah, like the fact that they led into it so masterfully. Like at first, when Anzu comes in, like you don't care about her. At least I didn't care because I didn't right, know exactly you know, how much I would end up liking her. But like, yeah, she oh she was just like oh she's just this bratty kid who like is obsessed with Hina, whatever, and oh she's stuck, haha. And then because they kept developing her story like gradually, gradually, and then they didn't like conveniently ignore things. Uh, they kept pushing the narrative, I think, just ended up telling a more powerful story. Like, I think they could have very easily just had her continue being homeless or whatever. But the mm -hmm. fact of the matter is, is like, there is an active movement in cities to, you know, push out the homeless, right? They want to clean up the city, quote unquote. And this series doesn't ignore that. And so when it incorporates it, it's, you know, it's very sad. She ends up losing the family that she ended up building here on this planet that she, you know, she didn't expect to find. Uh, and then has to move on in the story, right? She has to keep moving forward as a character. So you end up like, I don't know, at least for me, I really ended up adoring her because I just, I like the way that she became and like continues to develop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's character development is, is yeah. what it is. Right? Yeah, it is. It's I, a narrative. Anzu <laughs> has, Anzu's the character that is like the character development character in the show. Yeah, like I mean, there's there's oh, there's character development with basically every character, but I think her narrative was probably one of the most compelling. Yeah, it's and this is this is the reason why shows like Naruto and Bleach start to lose their appeal after a while, mm. and why One Piece doesn't. Mm, it is okay. it is that rhythm exactly because okay. here's the thing that here's the secret to One Piece's success. Oh, tell me. Which is, it never loses sight of what it is, right? Mm. There are a lot of serious moments, very serious moments in mm -hmm. One Piece. Moments where I was like, oh my god, right? Mm -hmm. Because the moment when Ace dies is one oh, of yes. the <laughs> most impactful moments in, in a, a long-running shonen manga yeah, that I I've agree. ever read in my life. I was Even like... Yeah. heartbroken i was Even like people oh who my don't God. watch one piece know about when ace dies <laughs> yeah and the reason is because that it's it gives the narrative stakes it right it makes it impactful and meaningful right because it's not it's like the moment when the, sh the it stops being funny right but at the same time one piece never stops being funny after right. that it right. always cycles back to this comedic, good-natured, good-hearted adventure, even after these really serious arcs where, like, really terrible stuff is happening, right? Sure. You know, it, and this is why Gintama also works, that, because that's it what I always was thinking cycles too. back. Yeah, because, like, even back. in the final arc where everything is serious and you've gotten nothing but serious stuff for several chapters in a row, it eventually cycles back to the humor. Like, it doesn't forget what it is. Yeah, it's it's still really funny, even mm -hmm. in the middle of it being really serious. And that's yeah. like relieving that tension and then building it up again is is important. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it it makes it feel like it's not just uh, formulaic. It feels new right. and fresh. Right. Because you're not just following a set rhythm. You're 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 shaking it up. You know, you're you're making it so that things aren't just happening but that things matter when they happen yeah yeah i agree 
Also, it's just funny. Like it's just, it's so just funny. a good watch, and the animation quality is so good. Oh, it's it's so good. I I'm not joking when I say that this anime had one of the better fight scenes I've seen in a long time. It was amazing. Like, it oh my god, really good. <laughs> that martial arts scene is one to remember. It was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, which I, I love that they premiered it in the, the first episode. So like if you if you want to get a taste of Hinamatsuri and its animation quality, you can watch like the first episode and it will it will maintain that level of, of quality. I mean, th- they don't always have fight scenes, so don't expect that. But like how pretty it looks, I would say. Yeah, uh, it continues. The animation is, is really great, even for like seemingly trivial things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just kind of put animation wherever they feel like it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> the over animation of the guy's face when he's like, "My smartphone is the funniest thing." It was so it's funny. so funny. <laughs> oh my god! It wasn't <laughs> even like <laughs> it wasn't like a whole lot, but the what, the little bits that they put in it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I legit, I legit love this anime with all my heart. It's so good. And I want more. I hope they do another season. They have to. <laughs> I hope they do another season too. I would, I would love another season. What does she know? What does she smartphone? The delivery of that line is also great. It was so good. Everything about it was uh. perfect. <laughs> That's that was honestly one of my favorite scenes. But let's let's talk about Golden Kamui next. Yeah. Golden Kamui. Trampling in the anger. And trampling in the anger. <laughs> so the Golden Kamui is basically this season's Yurukampu. Yeah, I mean, in, in a sense, yes. Listen, they have camping, right? They camp outdoors. They show a lot of cooking scenes with the food, and they're like, this is how you do this thing, and they do it step by step, and then they have a cute girl. You know, you're right, you're right. You can't argue with me. The honest sequel to Yuru Camp. Yeah. <laughs> it's northern uh successor. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, it aside from the camping, it does have like a another side to it, which is it's 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 kind of a gory-ish story about a soldier and uh him I don't know, essentially adopting an Ainu girl, um, which is like a native uh Japanese people. And they go on this quest to find gold. And the reason why I say gory is because the quest for this gold is through a map that is tattooed onto these prisoners, like th- like their skin. And these prisoners are, you know, spread out and they went into hiding or whatever because they're being tracked down and hunted for their skin to put together this map to the gold. Uh, yep. Yeah, and it's a really, really awesome story like it's action-packed and it has some questionable cg (laughs) that's my only complaint with the show (laughs) (laughs) 
Like it's so CG bears. <laughs> like the I mean, story is so compelling, but then the CG. <laughs> I will. I will say. <laughs> If you've never seen a CG bear rip an anime man's face off, this is the anime for you. <laughs> but then you get all sorts of CG, right? This this anime covers it all. It covers like a kind of realistic anime CG bear, but then it has like a very anime CG wolf, and then it has just actual fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fire is really weirdly realistic. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't either, but... They they chose to use CG in very interesting places, and that's all I'll say about that. And they use very conflicting styles, and... I don't don't know, like, that that aside, everything else about the anime is top-notch. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing about it is, I would say that there's nothing that the anime does that stands out apart from the manga. Yeah. So if you're not into CG bears, just read the manga. Yeah, yeah. You know, good with blood or gore or squeamish. If you're squeamish at all, just maybe skip out because uh, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that happens. There's a whole lot that already happened, and I'm sure that a lot more will happen there's, because there's, there's a quite lot, a bit of the manga out. <laughs> there's a lot of body parts coming off of bodies. There's a lot yeah. of faces coming off of face parts. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of. Let's just say that there's a lot of skin that gets removed from bodies. <sighs> yeah. But somehow, it it also, like, it has this duality. I mean, kind of like how we were talking about Hinamatsuri, where, like, yeah, there's a lot of gore and violence or whatever, but there's also, like, really cute moments, and there's moments where you're like, oh, all these characters are enjoying food together. <laughs> it's, it's true. Half of it is, like, this blood-pumping, adrenaline-filled, like, action adventure mm-hmm. where you don't know what'll happen. Mm-hmm. And you don't know if they're gonna find the Ainu gold. Mm-hmm. And then the other half is it's, it's Yuru camp. It's just yeah, it's just Yuru camp. <laughs> it's Yuru camp. <laughs> <laughs> like they sit around and they cook food and they eat it. Yeah, and they're it's, they're really funny. <laughs> it's actually this show, this show is surprisingly funny too, <laughs> because the faces made are so good. They're this so has, funny. This has some of the best individual comedic faces this season (laughs) like the art in the manga is so good and i think they do a pretty good job translating it over to the anime (laughs) they did they did really well it's it's very um it's a very clean art style Mm -hmm. it's very standard anime but it's not a badly animated show yeah aside from questionable cg CG. and (laughs) it serves pretty well as a an anime adaptation of the manga. It doesn't do anything special, but it's nice to see them in color with voices. Yeah. And the next season is going to come out in October, so... Oh, I'm so excited. So we'll continue watching then. Yay. Let's uh. talk about... <laughs> we have to talk about this. Let's talk about Hisane Tomasotan. And I purposely saved this for last because yes. I have the most to say about it. Yes, I look forward to it. <laughs> Hisane Tomasotan... Was the best anime that aired this season. Really? This one was your favorite? This one was my favorite anime <gasps> that aired this season. Oh, really? <laughs> Let's and talk about how your opinion God. evolved, all right? Because we have it on record now on the internet about how you felt in the beginning. And now we have to reflect on how you feel at the end. <laughs> I felt very conflicted about this show. <laughs> because on one hand... Mm-hmm. 
the first episode was good. Mm-hmm. It was funny. The mm-hmm. characters were good mm-hmm. and unique. The art mm-hmm. style was was unique. Mm-hmm. It was animated well. Mm-hmm. But it was about dragons that are disguised as planes mm-hmm. that eat their pilots. <laughs> and they have to pilot from inside the dragon's stomach. Mm-hmm. And that distressed me to an unimaginable degree because I've seen the internet and I know what it's like. And I hate the fact that I know what Vor is. But on the other hand, this was hands down my favorite anime that aired this season. It's just that good. Like all my apprehensions about it melted away halfway through. So... To start, the animation is really good. It's done by Bones, who did Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and Full Metal Alchemist. God, you know it's going to be good. Bones is goddamn yeah. famous. I think, didn't they also do Mob Psycho? Yes. yes. And Mob Psycho was the best animation, yeah. like animation-wise, of, of the year. Yeah, it was because so good. so pretty. it was really weird and funky in the best ways possible. It yeah. made use of a lot of different mediums. Yeah. And particularly oil on glass paint animation, which mm. is... Goddamn difficult. It was so awesome. <laughs> Legit, Mob Psycho is the anime that I will point to when people ask, like, what's unique about anime? That's yeah. unique about anime. Yeah. Because they understand how animation works mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. complement the story and the themes and the aesthetic. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Hisane de Masatan is... Yeah. The animation is really good, mm-hmm. as, as expected. The style is very unique. It's... Kind of Osomatsu-san, but like not quite. It looks a lot like um, it looks a lot like a children's anime, but it's definitely not for children. <laughs> it could be soon. Mm. It's not violent. <laughs> One of the dudes asks if she wants to be his fuck buddy. <laughs> they could just censor that part out. It's okay. <laughs> it's <just> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the animation's great and the art yeah. style is utterly unique. Yeah. There's nothing quite like it. It looks yeah. bizarre but also really good and very cute actually. It looks very yeah. cute. Super cute. The characters are all really really compelling and very <laughs> likable. <laughs> Especially the main character. <laughs> Just they're all great. The voice acting is incredible. Oh, oh my god, oh. it's good. There were moments where I was like, oh my god. You've not heard voice acting until you've watched this anime. Like You've not heard voice acting until end. you've heard the scream. The scream. <laughs> and it's really funny. Yeah. Like, this is another show that is surprisingly funny. Yeah. And it handles all of the themes that it grapples with, with nuance and grace. Yeah. In a way that, my god, just, it's so hard for other shows to do it but it does it just flawlessly <laughs> <sighs> okay so let's let's get into it yeah the moment when i fell in love with this anime mm-hmm. <laughs> was the moment when the opening changed yes i agree the whole the whole mood of the show like shifted at the that whole point. mood the whole mood of the show turns like yeah there's a very clear turning point yes yes and the opening changes ever so slightly yes they have you know these lyrics yes i think they play different parts of the songs for different parts of the openings and it's just so well done because normally i like normally the opening is not used as a piece of storytelling 
mm-hmm. but this show does it. <laughs> like the show uses the opening to yeah. hint as yeah. to when the tone of the show changes and yeah. Yeah. to show, you know, how and also some of the backstory. It reveals some of the backstory mm-hmm. in a really subtle and very, very not lore dumpy way. Yeah. Which is, I think, very difficult for a show that is so dependent on a very strange premise. Yes. You know, <laughs> it only ever tells you what you need to know. Mm hmm. You know, in, in kind of an expository way, mm-hmm. sparingly, mm-hmm. it tries to avoid doing that. In, in, and I think that's nice. But like the real, the real strength of it is just how sincere and heartfelt and likable everything about it is. Every aspect of it feels like there's love and attention paid to it. It, it grapples with its themes in such amazing ways <laughs> which we'll which we'll get into yeah <laughs> but the opening changing and also the opening yeah. i love the opening i really it's like the opening so good <laughs> but that moment is is when i was like wait did the opening change is this yeah. different is there things happen i had to rewind it and watch we all it and noticed I at the same time the we were show. like hang on a second <laughs> it's yeah and it's like the, the moment when the fucking whale shows up in the opening <laughs> i was like oh my what is that what is that there's a what purpose to having these dragon planes is it to defeat that thing <laughs> and that was the moment when it turned from oh it'll just be a generic show about dragon plane war yeah to oh this is important <laughs> Yeah, because the way that they, I guess, like, it's led up to that point was, like, you feel like it could be, like, a slice of life kind of anime, right? But, uh, but it's about dragon planes and a pilot. And uh, they introduce more pilots, and it's like, okay, well, we got more pilots for all these dragon planes. Uh, but then as soon as they introduce that, in, that, that swing of the story, it all starts to make sense. It's like, oh, so this is why they were training in this particular way for that one mission, right? It's basically to culminate into this one final arc at the end. Yeah, all of the pieces of the show fall into place in a way yeah. that is just amazing to watch. Yeah. Like, it feels like it doesn't overstay its welcome, which is something I say a lot, but it, mm-hmm. it feels like it utilizes every moment of screen time in a really important way because they're either yeah. building up the plot, building up a character, or showing something about the world or the characters or the plot right right they're all it's no screen time feels wasted to the point where they actually it's not a full show technically Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the first episode is only 19 minutes long Mm -hmm. so the first episode i thought that would actually be the all all the episodes would be like that but no they they all ended up being standard length except for that one and i get why because the first episode is a little bit you know introductory it's a little bit slice of lifey and you're not really sure where it's going for a couple episodes until it hits that point where it makes that tone shift and then everything suddenly is retroactively better right like you you get why they had to build it up in that like step-by-step format at the beginning it's because it had a very intentional purpose of leading you towards the end yeah and it's it's a good plot plot like I can't even I can't even qualify the the moment when it it was it was like the point of all of this is so 
that you can, as people have done for generations, you know, prevent this great catastrophe from happening. Mm-hmm. So they essentially have to pilot the dragons in order to guide the big whale god to its slumber. Yeah. So that Japan doesn't get destroyed. Yeah. And then they, uh, and then you furthermore learn that it's basically like a Final Fantasy X type of twist where you had all these priestesses training up to perform this ritual within the whale. And the ritual ends up with uh, the chosen priestess sacrificing herself. And yeah. uh, just the previous episode before, they had, you know, uh, I think a couple episodes before, they introduced the priest, the girl who would become the priestess, and then they, you know, kind of had her bantering back and forth with the main character and resolving an issue or whatever. Uh, and uh, you don't necessarily end up liking her right it's not like a forced type of like oh you better like her now because she's gonna have to sacrifice herself later kind of thing it's like a Mm -hmm. she exists in this space and she has feelings for this guy and main character is getting in the way you know whatever they're rivals right uh but then the fact that they i think they handled that part of the narrative really well like they didn't like the the interactions between her and the main character are so realistic that you end up feeling attached to her at that point, right? At the at the ritual or or after the ritual even. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh yeah, the <laughs> the way that the characters kind of just like came to a head towards the end was what I ended up loving the most. <laughs> yeah, I the, the way that the characters interact always is really good. It always feels very yeah. organic. Yeah. And it <laughs> feels realistic like if yeah. it, this is how characters should interact with each other in a yeah. way that is meaningful and mm-hmm. you know builds towards something and towards character growth and my god i'm i totally agree because you're not meant to like the the girl who's gonna sacrifice herself and that's on purpose yeah but even then, you feel sympathetic towards her when yeah. it's revealed that you know the priestess has to sacrifice herself, and yeah. that's 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 why one of the themes of the show is this struggle against tradition, right? right. Mm-hmm. It is the tension between following tradition and finding a new path right. as as a young person in the world, and you know, the, if you want to like look at it. The traditional path is is for you know these women to sacrifice themselves. Mm-hmm. The the kind of way that we move around that is to find a way to not have to do that. You know, it's, yeah. The stakes are so high mm-hmm. because it, it it's all of Japan, right? Yeah. But like more so than that, it's all of the things that mean things to these characters, which is meaningful to us more than the abstract concept of the entirety of Japan. Right. Right. So there is this there is this like tension between, you know, do you follow the tradition in order to to save society ostensibly mm-hmm. or do you try something else to to try to make something better even though it might destroy everything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it slots in really well with this this theme of self-discovery and self-love, yeah. which yeah. that part is not very subtle because they say it in the show. Oh yeah, they're, they're very they're just overt like, about it. <laughs> the pilots of the dragons can't fall in love because mm-hmm. if they do, 
they will they won't be able to pilot the dragons anymore. The dra- like you must love only the dragon because the dragon is is a vehicle for which you reach self actualization and you know come to terms with your own identity, right? So in yeah. a sense, the dragons are the identities of of the girls in a physical form outside of themselves. And of course, there is the there is the aspect of the dragons swallowing the girls because they become one. Soup and the one. dragons feel what the girls are feeling, and that's why if they're conflicted, then the dragons are also conflicted. Boy, do I hate that. But yeah, no, I, it's, it makes a lot of sense as to, to why they have to be swallowed. I get it now. It's but symbolic. It's, it, yes. And I think it is really important that even though the guy saying it is like kind of a douche nozzle, and he's just like, mm, you can't fall in love. I hate that guy. Right. At the end of the day, there is a point to be made here about, you know, if you love someone over yourself, you know, what are you doing to your own identity? Like, mm-hmm. are, you're, you become, you know, incongruous. You know, there's a disconnect between your your body and, I guess, your soul, if you want right. to talk about it like that. And that's why I... And this is, this is because at the end, Hisone is essentially like, you know, I love another dude, but I love... Masotan more. I love the dragon more. I love myself more, right? Right. Yeah. Because she finally learns to love herself above all else. Right. You know, it's not a problem that she can pilot the the dragon. And this is and okay. This is where we're talking about lesbian granny. Because <laughs> this is surprise lesbians number three this season. This was this was subtext lesbians though. It, this isn't overt lesbians like the other ones. This is so close to overt. I know it's so close, but it's still technically subtext. It's technically subtext, but you would have to be five years old to miss it. <laughs> because you cannot pilot the dragons if you love another person. Yeah. And the granny takes over at some point because uh he suddenly is like, no, nah, I don't wanna I don't I can't do it. I can't pilot when I'm in love. Goodbye. And the granny pilots, but then the granny can't pilot because she's in love with the shrine maiden who sacrificed herself all those years ago. Yeah, like they they explicitly say you can't pilot unless or when you fall in love, right? So they're saying like actual love, love, romantic love. And granny tries to pilot, and Masotan and, Ma- and Masotan tries is not to having tries it. to reject. Yeah, yeah, because, because so because she, th- she- <laughs> this this granny piloted. Masotan before the yes, dragon, yes, yes, before, yes. and at that point his name was Montparnasse, which is apparently a train <laughs> station or something. It's a train station. A train station in France, <laughs> according to our French friend. And basically, there's this entire like backstory where they're just like, "Let's run away to Paris." Mm-hmm. And then she's just. I think Montparnasse literally means train station. I think that's what was. I think so. Too. Upsetting Maybe. our Maybe. mutual friend Dia. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but there, like. It is a very generational anime because eventually the the other shrine maiden who uh, our lesbian granny was in love with was like, I would love to run away with you to France, but you know, seeing the big whale god yeah. now, I I can't handle that. Right. Right. She's the one who submits to tradition and yeah. ends like, up sacrificing herself for the good of society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the moment, right? She decides to 
actually go through with what she had promised, which was to sacrifice herself because she suddenly realized the full weight of the consequences of her actions and uh and like you said, gave into tradition. Yeah. And, and yeah. it is like legit the closest you can get out of subtext without it being subtext. Like it's subtext, but it's almost not subtext because the moment she thinks about her, Masatan's like, mm, nope, reject. Mm-hmm. And you know why that happens? It's mm -hmm. because she's in love. <laughs> it's because they're in love. It's because they're in love. And I, 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 like, I like that, you know, Hisane can still pilot Masatan in, in the end because she decides to, you know, put herself above all else in order to protect the people that she cares about. Like, she yeah. actually cares about things now. You know, she goes from not really caring about anything to having people and, you know, things that she really wants to protect. And that's... I mean, that's great. Like, yeah. I love that. They don't talk too much about her life before she joins the force or whatever, but they tell you enough to, to the degree of she never had friends. You know, she has a family that she loves and she, you know, consistently says that she loves them, but she hasn't had any other meaningful relationships outside of them. And it isn't until basically towards the end where, you know, she very blatantly declares how much she loves everyone there at the force and how she wants to protect them all and you know she does some dumb stuff because of it but uh at the end of the day she comes to love Masotan the most and then she comes to love herself and the person that she's become because of uh these interactions with these people yeah yeah and it's so god it's just so sincere it yeah everything everything about it feels like there was care put into it yeah. The music is good. Yeah, I feel like uh even all the like the uh the side characters had really nice arcs as oh. well. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was so sad about I was so sad about it because so two of the characters fall in love, two of the pilots that are necessary out of the four fall in love and they're just like you have to you have to break her heart and you know one of them's like I, uh, I and the other one is like okay, we'll do that. I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, basically. Character development. Yeah, he broke her heart exactly so that she like could fulfill him. her dream. <laughs> he broke her heart to protect her. Uh, yeah, it has some really sweet moments. and It really does. <laughs> I did legit, last episode, I felt like crying. Because no! <laughs> I, I got a little missy out, I have to admit. It's, it's just one of those anime where everything in it builds up mm -hmm. to a moment where the climax of it feels meaningful, right? It's yeah, it's the most important thing at the time. <laughs> I think, and and that, I think that's what's a shame about this anime is that it's one of those anime that doesn't fall into the whole three episode rule, right? Where it's like you watch the first three episodes, see if you like it, and then if you don't, then skip it and move on. This is an anime where you kind of you you have to get through like the halfway point or or however long it takes for the the series to take a turn, but you have to get to that point in order to really appreciate it. And so it is in a small sense in an investment, but the fact that even the ride up to that point is is pretty fun, and then it gets really deep. Uh, I think it's worth it. 
I think it's worth it to give it a try and and invest, and you'll be surprised. <laughs> I I would agree. I would agree. I think <laughs> that if there's any one show that you watch this season, I like watch this show. Mm. It's it's just so good. Like it's legitimately good. <laughs> I think you you guys have to take this into account about how much soup ranted about this series, and then now he's saying these words that are coming out of his mouth are things I never thought I would hear him say. <laughs> I mean the the progression the progression of me watching this anime was you know before watching the trailer it's like oh that's cute these dragons are being loaded up with armor uh and they're just being shipped out and then it was you know watching the episode and it's like oh no they swallow the pilots i fucking hate this (laughs) to oh my god i fucking love this (laughs) it really captured me in a way that i wasn't expecting yeah i don't have enough good things to say about it honestly it's just my favorite anime that aired this season. <laughs> I think it's a shining example of how an anime can develop later on in the series and how sometimes uh, sometimes you, you got to stick with one or two and even if they're not so great in the beginning if you've got like if you've got a feeling, right? Like like for me I had of like a faint feeling because of how well animated it was and because I knew it was by Bones and how uh like there was just like this this vague sense like they know what they're doing right like everything about this is weird but it feels purposeful even if it even in its weirdness uh that thankfully the payoff at the end was so good and um uh, i'm really glad that we kind of like almost coincidentally stuck with it <laughs> yeah i mean we said we'd give it a couple more episodes and it was charming enough to watch and yeah. then it ended up being really good i mean part of the reason why i wanted to continue was because you hated it so much (laughs) but then that's fair and then it ended up actually being really good like i was like oh i actually like this but the way that soup hates this just makes me enjoy it even more (laughs) and then we both ended up genuinely really liking the anime yeah it's (laughs) i i mean it it feels to me like Mm -hmm. There's no... It had no right to be this good. <laughs> given its premise. <laughs> given, given its premise. And... And yet... And yet everything, everything about it just worked so well by the end. And I was so invested in these characters. And I was so invested in what would happen. And the story itself took me by surprise. But not in a way where I was like, what the fuck? Right. I mean, I was initially like that, but then they explain it. I'm like, oh, it's it's a story that's like so unique. Yeah, because it's not like there's an antagonist. It's just coming to grips with a lot of the drama that arises out of, you know, the metaphor of self-discovery and (laughs) self-actualization in the face of something bigger. Yeah. In the face of something grand and important. It almost doesn't matter what it is yeah but i mean it does because i think the the whale thing was cool (laughs) and and the way that they did it was was pretty neat but yeah yeah i i don't know it's i i would have to honestly marinate to think even more about what what i like about it and (laughs) honestly i this is this is an anime that i kind of want to rewatch 
Mm. Like immediately after having just seen the last episode. Sure. But yeah, uh, it's yeah. it's good. Yeah, I it is surprisingly super duper enjoyable and uh uh if you enjoyed any of Soup's ranting in the beginning, I think I think it's worth it to go through the journey yourself and see how much, you know, <laughs> what kind of journey you'll have. <laughs> yeah. This this is contending with a place further than the universe for my favorite anime so oh, far this really? year. Just because of how charming it was. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, like Antarctica still wins a little bit. I for me it does. Yeah. I, I think I think that particular journey is really compelling and mm-hmm. it does the emotional uh climaxes really well. Yeah. Whereas I think Kisonita Masatan executes them very well, uh, but they just peak lower. Yeah. I think for me, uh like like the Antarctic anime, like it has like, you know, the the peaks like throughout the series and then has the really big one at the end. And then Hisone Tomasatan has like it kind of like it's like a steady ride up at the end. And then they have the big one at the end, right? Yeah. 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 It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. Character interactions are really great. I I love the way that the characters interact with each other. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. I'm I I wasn't a huge fan of the main character at the beginning, but oh my gosh, did she grow on me. <laughs> yeah, she really grows on you. Because you're like, who is this to like, oh, this is, she's kind of a weirdo to, oh, I love this weirdo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, she's she's terribly awkward mm-hmm. and can't speak her mind except for when she can't stop speaking her mind. Yes. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, you you root for her, you know. Yeah. You, you root for her at the end. Yeah. And you want <laughs> you want her to be happy. Yeah, with all her friends. <laughs> that's it. That's, yeah. That's Hisane Tomasatan. Yeah. Really, her surprise really hit. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, this is this this anime I believe is the underrated hit of the season. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I think that's all the the main hitters. Um. After this, we've got like a small lightning round for stuff that we watched but didn't mention during the start, though. Yeah, you know, or that we finished. So, uh, first, I watched the fourth season of Yomushi Pedo, which was Yomushi Pedo Glory Line. It was actually really good. Uh, I think I mentioned this before, but the intro song is really good. But also, like, the storytelling during it was really good with lots of action and kind of creepy moments because, you know, Mido Tsuji's in there. But. I liked it a lot, and I hope they make more Yuan Wushi Pedal, because I'm a sucker for sports anime. <laughs> Next! Next is another one that I watched, uh, Piano No Mori. Um, it's based on a manga, and uh, that manga was made into a movie, and then now it's an anime about boys playing piano. The CG in it is horrific, but I really <laughs> like the story. <laughs> <laughs> Like you ain't seen CG till you see piano boys in CG. <laughs> Next. Next is Hosuki no Rei Tetsu, uh, second season Sononi. Uh, it's more Hosuki no Rei Tetsu. I can't really say much more about it because it literally is just more of the series. <laughs> okay. Next uh, is Boku no Hero Academia. Yep. Yep. My Hero yep. Academia is more My Hero Academia. It has yeah. the best opening so far of all the 
Academia's <laughs> we're on season three right now and it's the best opening it is one of the best arcs so far until the stuff that happens really recently in the manga i think some of some of the animation like some of the fight choreography could be a little bit better but it's still so fucking hype when all my punches out a dude next is shokugeki no soma which is food wars season three as well i believe it's I didn't watch it, to be honest, but it's more Shokugeki. Why did you put it on here? You didn't watch It's more Shokugeki. Just watch it. Like, next. <laughs> next. Next is Gege no Kitaro. It's, oh, actually, surprisingly, really cute uh, kids anime. Well, at least it feels like it's catered towards kids. And it's kind of like horror themed, but not in an overly scary way, because, you know, kids. But uh, I like it a lot. The music, the intro is really good. I like that. <laughs> and... The uh, the main character throws his geta at people as part of his attack. It's oh <laughs> okay. Next, next is Binan Koko Chikyu Boy Boo Happy Keys, which is like a sequel to the first Boy Boo anime. And I don't know how much I feel in terms of whether it's better or not than the first series. Uh, I don't like the character designs as much, but the mascot designs are way better, so it's like give and take. I'll... Oh, well. (laughs) Next is Darling and the Franks. We didn't watch Darling and the Franks because, to be perfectly honest, I didn't really want to watch it either. Really? (laughs) It's okay, though, because I hear it was a massive disappointment. (gasps) Really? So it's finished now? I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to, to be honest, I'll probably watch it at some point and get back to you because I have a lot of free time right now. But at the same time, I might not. I I don't know. I think at this point, I would just watch it for the animation quality. Eh. That's what I was going to watch it for. But yeah. Uh, eh, eh, uh, oh, well, that's it. Oh, wow. Done. Lightning round. Whoa. Season over. What are you we up to this week? Freak 2018. <laughs> what are you up to this week? I'm uh, freaking, I have free time this week. I'll probably stream a little bit of pixel art and stuff. I'll probably be working on pixels for this podcast over on my Twitch at Swandron, or I will post about it on uh, Twitter at Swan.Drawn, or on our official Twitter at AbsoluteCast. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at all the places at Literal Soup. I will be at Go Play Northwest this week. So if you're there, say hi. Oh. Come wow. play games with me. Eat, hi, eat pizza play, and eat pizza games. and drink beer with me. Uh, other than that, I will be grinding out my knives. Like I just need more knives. Uh. Yep. Yep. I <laughs> I mean, technically I need to have an internship maybe but that seems like quite a difficult proposition at this late of a time because i think all the summer slots are filled anyway so i guess i'll just keep continuing making i guess this you'll podcast, just keep playing grand blue <laughs> and i'll keep playing grand blue fantasy and i'll keep building a portfolio of work so that i can point to it and say look i was productive this summer i swear yeah, yeah i definitely <laughs> didn't just play mobile games all summer and watch anime and make podcasts listen the podcast is important it is important, but it doesn't look super great on a resume sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it depends on the resume. It does depend on the resume, like, and who it you're does. playing to you. <laughs> I mean, so long as it's not like a fancy schmancy business place, they'll be yeah. like, wow, you have experience with audio editing 
and with organization and with media literacy and with social <laughs> media and with literature critique, which is what I'm doing right now. You know what? You're right. Anime. It just depends on how you market it. <laughs> I'm pretty good at marketing. There you go. Uh, also, I think I might have said my Twitter was swan.drawn. It's swan.drawn. My Instagram is swan.drawn. Anyway, uh, I think that's it. I, I'm pretty sure that's it. I, okay. I, I think that there's, there's nothing else uh, to do. Except for to say, Akechi Goro, eat your fucking heart oh, out. Oh, it's already end of spring! <laughs> I know, the spring season has ended. Next week, or not next week, but in two weeks, we'll be doing summer of 2018. And he'll still be eating his heart out? And he'll still be eating his heart out. <laughs> because you... he'll be eating his heart out forever. <laughs> but you wish for him to stop existing instead of Yosuke! <laughs> Do you want? I mean, yes, yes, you're right, but also fucking catchy. <laughs> I hate that motherfucker. Oh my god! I saved all the swears in the podcast for Hisone Tomasotan and a catchy Goro. 